Hi everyone, it's Suzanne. Um, today I want to talk about LAC1 session six, which is the cardiopulmonary exam and enrolling the panel patient. Um, I know there are a lot of reschedules happening, so session six may not happen for you next week, but when you get to it, here's what you'll see in the newsletter and um, the objectives and skills about. The disclaimer, my views and opinions are my own. They're not the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. Um, in medical school world, the students are still in their um, pulmonary block and they call it their mechanisms of health and disease, their basic sciences. So next week, if they come out and join you, you may notice some, some test anxiety because um, they're gonna have a pulmonary test next Friday. Um, your students just had their OSCE. I can't remember which one it is, but they had an OSCE. Ask them about it. See if there's anything they want to work on with you when they're out there in the real world in clinic. And, um, and then we'll go from there. Um, so to get into it, uh, here are the objectives you'll see in Skills Eval. Number one, Hopefully your students will demonstrate the ability to perform and present a cardiac and pulmonary examination. Number two, they'll discuss review of systems for cardiopulmonary concerns. Um, number three, they'll discuss diagnostic data that can help differentiate between cardiovascular and pulmonary concerns and how these data impact medical decision-making. And then finally, number four, you'll, the student will enroll a panel patient and I'd like them to review and discuss the problem list that's in the chart, whether it's a paper chart or your EMR. Or EMR. I want uh, you two to look at the problem list of the panel patient and review it. Um, so uh, just a little bit more about the panel patient. Hopefully by the end of this session, session six, I'd like for your student to identify and contact a patient to follow in their panel. So I know we've been talking about this for several sessions now. Um, again, there's nothing much for you to do preceptor, except of course, be willing to supervise their interaction, their contact. If the student seems still uh, lost, they don't know who to contact or enroll, then hopefully you can make time during the session to help them out. Um, if they have absolutely no idea on who to contact, Perhaps you can guide them to a patient that they could contact or call during the session when they're in the office with you. And then uh, prompt them to think about um, asking this, this patient to come in next time when they're in clinic so they can make contact or, or schedule a telecare visit if that works best. I, I do know that for some preceptors, there may not be an opportunity for continuity whether or not you're doing a hospital, primarily hospital follow-up clinic or urgent care. And so I talked with some of those students and just suggested that they could still choose a patient they've seen with you in clinic, of course, make a note of their contact information. And then with your supervision, just call them at some point in the future, look at the chart again. Certainly if they're in a closed system, it'd be nice, like, you know, if they're a JPS provider, they can see, well, did those plans, did those hopes that you talked about at that acute care visit or that hospital follow-up visit, did they connect with a PCP? Um, 
And a funny story, I, uh, I, you know, I'm a JPS preceptor and I was talking to a student and he said, well, you know, um, a JPS, I think he thought all of the hospital follow-ups went to that particular provider. It's like, no, you know, uh, I like to do the hospital follow-ups for, for, for patients who are assigned to me, but there are, you know, quite a few who have no PCP. So, you know, will the student, um, can the student see the patient connecting with a PCP? Can the student notice if that um, patient has had more acute care visits, things like that, and just kind of to consider the benefit of continuity um, for those patients. Um, there, there will be a, an assignment associated with this week for me instead of the usual clinical documentation that I like to review. I'll ask the students to submit a paragraph or two telling me in a de-identified way about their patient, who they are in general terms, why they chose to follow this person more closely, and finally, what they hope to learn from that from that patient. Um, so, uh, in Skills of L, thank you. I I think if probably if you're listening to this podcast, you're engaging with Skills of L. So, thank you. I have very good IT support, and um, for those that are new to precepting, new to LIC one, please keep sending your feedback my way. We can definitely troubleshoot things. Um, just know if a student is needs improvement in a skill, you're going to have lots of opportunities to kind of return to the those foundational skills, presenting, documenting. And then um, for the various systems, it might be worth it to return to like the HE and T exam if, or the Durham exam. Um, and hopefully you can um, activate those skills and then, and then assess them again. So I really appreciate everyone engaging with that assessment tool. I know it's different than the MyTip, which is if you're an LAC2 preceptor, now it can be, I know, cumbersome to manage too, but hopefully we push notify, we've, we've worked on customizing when those text messages go out. Uh, although it's still not a perfect beast with all of the rescheduling, there may be still a lag. So thank you for your patience and uh, willingness to engage with this assessment tool as well. Um, uh, just a plug for this cool um, webinar, CME, Virtual Healthcare in a Civil Society, Rebuilding a Culture of Communication, the New Normal. This is in coming up on the 20th of February. It's an in situ event as many sponsors, but our own Lauren Mitchell, Dr. Lauren Mitchell, who um, is part of the narrative reflection patient communication team. She's gonna be a, a panelist on that CME. So I think it should be very nice. Um, so the information's on in the newsletter. Um, I certainly wanted to do lunch. <laughs> uh, uh, in all honesty, full disclosure, it's been a really rough couple of months for me and my family. Um, so I'm going to push uh, push the uh, lunch meetings a little bit to the right in terms of the calendar. Um, I know that Whitney Lefevre also wanted uh, an LIC2 FM clerkship Zoom lunch in early Feb. So that works out. So stay tuned. I, I do want to check in with people. I am a little Zoomed out. I'm, I'm a little uh, lifed out right now. Um, uh, but again... Um, I hope to engage a little more fully, um, probably end of February, maybe even March. So, so just be on the lookout for that. And uh, thanks for your patience. I think that's it. I'm not going to read any poetry today. I have no poems. Um, 
but hopefully there'll be more of those kind of patient experience of care that Lauren Mitchell really helps um, add and Chase Crosno help add uh, a nice dimension and pointing out things in literature um, or in literature, not uh, medical literature, um, that reflect uh, a patient's experience of care. And so I hope to share those more in the future as well. Um, as always, please let me know if you have any feedback for this this podcast or, or communication. I know everybody gets a ton of email, um, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, see you later.